I'll reach out to people like, hey, look, I'm struggling this. Like, I need help. And I know the people I'm reaching out to have the words of advice to help me. And so how I was able to navigate those strengths and weaknesses is I, I wrote them down. I evaluated it and I figured out what people do I need to surround myself with so I can maximize these strengths and then also cover up some weaknesses as well. Welcome to Decision Point, a podcast about mental toughness and overcoming adversity in sales. I'm Brad Seaman. Thanks for tuning back into the show. We hope you enjoyed our first episode with Dr. Rob Bell as he discussed hinge moments and how to be ready for them. If you feel like these conversations on facing adversity, especially in sales roles, are beneficial, we invite you to come download our mental toughness playbook at monsterconnect.com slash podcast. It's a great resource for sales reps and sales executives alike. Speaking of hinge moments, I couldn't help but think of a conversation with Rob when I was talking to today's guest. His name is Morgan Ingram. He's the Director of Sales Execution and Evolution at JB Sales. And he's also the host of his own show called the SDR Chronicles, which provides motivation, tactics, and skills for all aspects of the SDR journey. Morgan is a natural public speaker and a great motivator, but he hasn't gotten to where he is by happenstance. Morgan's story is one of perseverance and preparation. And you'll hear at the top of the conversation, those traits came in quite handy during an unexpected conversation with a stranger. Let's listen in as he tells us about the moment that changed everything. All right, today we have Morgan J. Ingram, who is the Director of Execution and Evolution with John Burroughs, JB Sales Training, host of the SDR Chronicles and voted LinkedIn Top Voice for 2019. He's the former Manager of Sales Development for Terminus and a dog with the University of Georgia. So I've been a longtime follower of the SDR Chronicles, and I'm excited to have Morgan on today. Excited to be here, Brad. All right. Well, let's get into it. So I'm going to lay a little bit of groundwork. As I was prepping for an interview that I'm getting ready to do this afternoon with Scott McGregor, the writer of Standing O and Standing O Encore, short biographical stories of gratitude for life lessons, I came across a really interesting story that Morgan had done. And he talked about having a business setback, comes out of college, has a business setback, Parents say, hey, you should go see your uncle in Dallas. He's had some entrepreneurial success. And Morgan gets on an airplane to fly to Dallas, and something really interesting happens. So I'm going to have him tell me tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so this was is biggest life changer that happened to me. And so what ended up happening is, you know, as we're going through this expert, and, and Scott's great. You guys are going to love him as well. I in college, started a company and I was hosting video game tournaments on college campuses. And I was always big into esports, like background on me when I was in, <laughs> this is funny. When I was in high school, I was a, I was a professional gamer. Most oh, people don't know that's that. That's what my son wants to be. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now it's legit before back then, like everyone was laughing at you. Like that's not a real thing, but it was a thing. So there was a thing called MLG major league gaming. I played halo two. And I just played so much that I got invited on a team and I didn't really, I didn't realize how serious it was. I did practice before school, practice after school. I was like one of the few people who actually was still in school. Everyone else was like older and they were in college or they were just working and they, this is what they did on the side because you could still make money and things of that nature. So I remember that the reason of the story is that I was like, well, I can do this in colleges. There's so many people who play games. 
there's a lot of bars and restaurants in Athens, Georgia, University of Georgia, where I went, that people don't know how to host tournaments. And also these gamers, they don't go outside. So I was like, <laughs> hey, I'll bring this foot traffic to your business. Do you guys want this? And so it was such a unique value, value prop that that's how people came to our events. That's how we got great sponsors. Uh, the big marquee sponsor that we got was Dave & Buster's. And so I was doing a lot with that business. But obviously, as with any business and being 21 at the time, uh, you really don't know what you're doing. <laughs> so, And I had people on my team that were from college. And so they wanted to go do other things. And so when I put that business away, my mom was like, and my dad was like, hey, go visit your uncle in Dallas. And so I bought a ticket to Dallas and I went on a Southwest flight. And the reason that's important is because you know what the Southwest flight, you can choose any seat that you want. So it's crazy how all this happened. I wanted to sit in the way back because I just wanted to read my book. I got a window seat and this guy sat in the middle next to me and he picked the middle seat, which is weird, right? Nobody should pick the outside seat, but he chose the middle seat. Right. That was a real violation of the, the, the man code. Exactly. Like, yo, why are you like, why are you rolling up on me like this? What's happening? Like, why are you choosing the middle seat? So obviously there was interest there. And he said, Hey, that book you're reading is great. The book I was reading at the time is Law of Success by Napoleon Hill. If you guys haven't checked that out, I highly encourage it. And so he was talking about how he had read Think and Go Rich, which is what most people know. And I was talking about, well, this is just a bigger book. It, it goes a little bit more detail about how you go about your life and see success. And Next thing he said to me, he's like, hey, look, I have a message for you. I don't know this guy at all. So obviously I'm freaking out. I'm like, did I do something wrong? <laughs> like, yo, like, what's happening? And I was like, okay, what's your message? He's like, hey, right now you're not moving towards the light that you're being called to do. You should be doing public speaking. You should be putting out more videos. You should be impacting more people in the community. And I was like, all right, that's been on my mind for a while. I've been thinking about that. Like, what do you have? And so in that moment on the entire flight, and I still have the notebook, we mapped out how do I get in front of people? What does public speaking look like? What courses do I need to take? What videos do I need to watch to develop and hone this skill that I had? And innately, I always knew I had public speaking skills. I did public speaking class. I got an A and I didn't really try. Well, obviously, when you don't try at things, that means that you're probably good at it. Um, we all have that within ourselves. And so throughout that conversation, he was giving me so much tips and advice and I was just getting blown away because this is what I've been praying for. And after that conversation, I was like, how did you know to come to me? Like, this is like divine fate. This is crazy right now. And he's like, yeah, I just felt like spiritually God told me to come talk to you and you needed this conversation. And so from there, I was a completely different person coming off that flight. I came back to Atlanta, which is where I'm from, a different person. And I realized my mission was to impact people through my videos, through what I have to say. And I was always afraid to do that. But you know, when you get the calling, you got to answer it. And so that's why I've continuously been pushing out content for how many years I've been doing it now and why I'm, I hop on all podcasts, why I do the public speaking, why I'm always making content because that one video, that one post, that one talk could change someone's life. And that's the gift that I've been given. And I don't want to put that to waste because that'd be selfish. And yeah, so that's, that's was the, that was the spark for me. And that's how I've been rolling ever since. I want to, I want to do a quote. I'm totally going to go out on a limb here because I don't know the total timeline, but there's a yeah. quote by Barbara Corcoran that says my best success came on the heels of all my failures. Where's Terminus fit at in this? Because you, you, you're you doing the gaming, 
you work on the, you're, you're getting on the airplane. Where, how's Terminus? How's the transition from gaming to Terminus go, go, go down? Great question. So after I went to gaming, I came back and I immediately wanted to go into public speaking. <laughs> so, you know, you think that you could just start getting thousands and millions of dollars public speaking. Obviously that's not the case and there's no path on tell you how to do that. So I started off really ground roots. Brad, I was going to high schools, middle schools, doing public speaking for free because I knew I had to build my brand. And the only way I was going to do that is by getting in front of people and getting some testimonials. So I was like, all right, got in front of people, did talks, got video testimonials, got a lot of recognition for that. And then as I developed, I started to get more comfortable in how I deliver and captivating crowds. And then after doing 20, 30 free talks on that, like that 30th talk, I finally got a paid talk. And then from that paid talk, that just really resurged me to like a whole new level because every talk that I did, there was always someone who came up after me and was like, okay, cool. We want you to go here. We want you to go here. We want you to go here. And it really caused that snowball effect. Now in that, in the time of me making this money, I wasn't making a lot, right? I was only getting like a thousand or $2,000 per talk. So that's not a ton to really live off of. So I realized that I needed to get a skill behind my public speaking. And what I mean by that is I can talk and get people motivated, but if I can't tactically get you somewhere, that's not gonna be helpful. And that's a big decision that I made. So anyone who's trying to aspire to be a public speaker, make sure that you have a skill that you can give somebody when you're speaking so it can be impactful, not just motivational. And that's really key. And so I went to go be a sales rep SDR at Terminus. And that's where it comes in the picture because I knew if I could understand how to prospect and sell, that's what I could speak to people about. Use my skill of public speaking that I learned and then put it behind something that's valuable that people could go do. That's what I realized is the next step. And so Terminus was a great opportunity for me. And really the failure of the adversity, Brad, that you're talking about, I felt that in the first three months of the role. I was terrible. <laughs> like I sucked. I was really bad. So cold calls, getting rejected, emails, getting bounced. <laughs> like I couldn't hit quota. Like I was like, this was a dumb decision. But the, my VP of sales, I talked to her and I said, Hey, look, like, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to go do something different, maybe marketing, et cetera. And she asked me a very important question. And she said, are you giving this a hundred percent? And I realized I wasn't. I wasn't giving the role 100%. And if I'm not going to give it 100%, it's not going to give me the results that I was looking for. And so the next month, I focused all in on sales development, prospecting, talk to people, talk to top reps, reach out to people. And then I figured out how to get a process and play that worked. And so from that, st from that standpoint, that, that moving forward, I hit quota every single month and didn't look back. And in that, as I was hitting my quota, I created the YouTube channel called the SDR Chronicles, which is what put me on the map in terms of personal brand and LinkedIn and how I got my job today. And so all that was for the, for the context for everybody was a documentation, a journey of me as an SDR. And I posted every single day for six to seven months while I was in that role. And then when I became an SDR manager, I still posted. And even today I still post, but it's not as consistent as it was because I wanted to show people that you can still create content, 
You can still hit your number. You can still share your story. And it doesn't matter what your experience is or what your role is. You can still get people to listen to you if you come from the right place. And that's why I created the SR Chronicles. And that's what I did. But if I didn't face that three month, three months of adversity and challenges, I don't think the content would have been as strong. I don't think I'd be able to train the way that I train. And I don't think I'd be able to coach the way that I coach because I, I, I felt those struggles. I've, I've felt those failures. And I know when I'm like, mm, okay, you need to tweak it here. It's because I went through that same struggle. Now, I, so something I want to share with you. So there's a characteristic yeah. that I think is really important to success, particularly in sales. And I think it's a characteristic based on my interaction with you, what I've read, in the podcast and videos that I've seen, you seem to be really, you have enthusiasm, which I think is key in really the cornerstone of success because it allows you to move from one thing to another thing with no dust off your shoulder. You mm -hmm. know, I think, I think enthusiasm is defined as the glue between what allows one to work hard and not quit. So you seem to have that. Where do you, where do you think you got that from? Is that a, are you just enthusiastic about everything? <laughs> um, so i'm not enthusiastic about everything there's some things where i'm like i'm not really that fired up about it for me where i believe i got my energy from was when i was reading the law of success one key thing it talked about was perspective and your enthusiasm and it talks about how if you're enthusiastic other people could feed off that energy and they want to be around you they want to collaborate with you because that's very rare to have positive, enthusiastic energy, especially with what we're in now. And so I always was energetic about things that I liked, but I sometimes would be whatever and apathetic towards things I didn't like. So to, to keep myself enthusiastic as much as I can, right? I'm saying not every minute I am, but as much as I can is perspective, is being grateful about where I'm at. I can see, I can talk, I can walk. I live in a nice place. Everyone I know in my family is healthy. I'm able to do things that I love and I have been given the ability to do those things and also the opportunity to do those things. And that's what keeps me excited and energetic. And when I started traveling internationally, I got more energetic because I saw what was happening out there. Brad, I, I've been to India I've been to Philippines. I've seen how people live and they're still grateful and they're still excited. So why would I not be excited if I have internet and I could still do anything I want in this world? And so that's what keeps me energetic. That's what keeps me enthusiastic. And then I always try to do things that I'm passionate about. I'm really passionate about coaching people. I'm really passionate about public speaking. I'm really passionate about prospecting. So I try to always games, right? I always try to focus on things that I'm passionate about. So I'm always have that energy. If, if we were talking about, cats like i'm not that excited about cats <laughs> right you know what i'm saying so right. like i'm really not going to be jacked up out of my mind about cats other topics i will be and so i'm always enthusiastic because i focus on things i'm excited about not things that like i don't really care about um okay so so in that same that same vein the one thing that i hear you saying maybe not maybe not verbally but you you have a really good understanding of what makes you tick i think you referred to it as your as your why, but you have a really good um, idea of your strengths and weaknesses based on what based on what I can tell. So you haven't let what you can't do stop you from doing what you can. Can you talk to me a little bit about that? Yeah. So I did a very unique thing coming out of college. So right now everyone's in quarantine. 
The reason a lot of people right now are freaking out about quarantine is they've never faced themselves in the mirror. They've gone out on the weekend. They've partied. They've hung out with their other friends. They've traveled. But they've never sat in silence, looked themselves in the mirror, and asked themselves, am I fulfilled in what I'm doing? Am I doing the things that I really want to do? Am I just following everyone else's lead? These are real questions. And so after college, I read a post. It was like on Instagram. And it was about, hey, go talk to the five closest people in your life and ask them, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? What do they really love about you? What do they, do- what do they not like about you? Brad, this experiment sucks. <laughs> Kyle, this experiment is terrible. This is not fun. However, I did it and I got some really great feedback on who I am and what turns people off from me. And I even asked my parents this. So the big thing is that like I took that information and I self-quarantined myself for a month and a half, two months. I didn't text anyone. I didn't call anyone. I didn't text, do anything. And that was really big because I was able to understand what my strengths were. I was able to understand what my weaknesses were. And it allowed me to, to be in a continuous phase of reflection to figure out how I can get better. I'm not saying that I'm perfect. That's not what I'm saying here. I'm just saying I'm in continuous reflection mode. So I'm like, wow, okay, that's off. And then now as I've become more open to this before I wasn't, I'll reach out to people like, hey, look, I'm struggling this. Like, I need help. And I know the people I'm reaching out to have the words of advice to help me. And so how I was able to navigate those strengths and weaknesses is I I wrote them down. I wrote down the weaknesses. I evaluated it and I figured out what careers, what people do I need to surround myself with so I can maximize these strengths and then also cover up some weaknesses as well because I believe in doubling down strengths. So that was more so what I did for myself. So this quarantine right now is the quarantine I did for myself. So I'm I'm cool in this quarantine. But again, we don't take the opportunity to face ourselves. That's a big miss. That's, a, that's awesome. Um, let's transition the conversation a little bit to adversity in, in sales and the importance of mental toughness. Now, I really lucked out because I listened to a video that you had done on the Salesman's Podcast. And I think you were still at Terminus when you did this. Yeah. Um, but you mentioned in the podcast or in the in the interview that you decided to take the SDR role at Terminus because you felt like it was a good, you know, it was like Bud, Bud's boot camp for sales. Talk to me about that. What, what was going through your mind? What? <laughs> yeah, so I went after AE roles first and I, that had a lot to do with pro, uh, ego. I think everyone has, everyone has an ego, right? If you guys have read the book, ego is your enemy, right? We all have a certain degree of ego. Mine definitely was super high and can definitely be selfish from time to time. I'll definitely admit that. That's probably another additional weakness that I have. I think like, yo, I can do this, whatever. But, you know, every role for AE, I got rejected. So I was like, all right, I got to start somewhere. The SDR role, right answer that question there, is where I started. And as I was interviewing for the role and I talked to other people that are SDRs, I realized that your, your job is to prospect. That's it. You don't close deals. You don't do any of that stuff. So I realized if I can get through an SDR role and do this for the next 12 to 13 months and do it at the highest level. And my only thing I have to do is prospect. And it's like the hardest thing to do is wake up every single day and cold call. 
that mental toughness is going to help me any anywhere in my career moving forward. And so that was the decision that I made is if I can do this, I can do anything from a mental standpoint. And so that was that's when I locked myself in the decision of like, I'm going to do this role. And then I continuously hunkered down, buckered down to make sure that I could get better at that. And that was like the key factor that I had because I knew if I could get that mental toughness from the SDR role, I could prepare myself for anything in the future. So we're in that space. So I understand how hard it is, but why do you think the role so tough? You're going into your job every single day, knowing that you're going to get rejected. You're contacting strangers that didn't want to talk to you in the first place. And you get no celebration when you hit that quota or you get that meeting. So you think about an AE, right? They close a deal. They get a pretty big commission check for the most part. You get to hit the gong, right? This is exciting stuff. So that gets you moving to go do it again. An SDR, you hit quota. It's like, cool, go do it again. <laughs> it's like that can be grueling when you're out there cold calling, you're out there emailing, you're getting rejected, and you have to get better every single moment and prospecting changes every single day. And so I would say that is what makes the role so hard because people are expecting relevancy on every touch. You're coming into it, and this is essentially they, they see it as an entry-level position, which I feel like it's more than that. And you're not getting those celebrations like an AE does. And so, and you're not getting paid the same way an AE does, right? Right, so, that all makes sense, yeah. All that makes it so much more difficult at the end of the day. Now, do you feel like your time as an as an SDR prepped you for the role that you have now? Absolutely. Because especially right now, I know the skills to spark a net new conversation. And that is the most critical skill that you could have because if you go look at HubSpot study, they say the number one thing that reps struggle with is prospecting. And year after year, it's always number one is prospecting. And so if you're able to master what that skill of prospecting is for you, that's going to help you out so much moving forward. And so that role as an SDR equipped me with the structure and the skills and the tools to prospect through anything that's happening because I've done it over and over and over again. And pipeline is life at the end of the day. So if things are going bad, I know, okay, cool. Let's just go spark up net new conversations. I've done this thousands of times. So why not now? And so it helped, it's helped me out tremendously when it comes to JB sales, because it's given me a lot of at-bats to get better at my sales skills and my discovery skills. How, how much of the role do you think is skill, the SDR role specifically, how much of it do you think is skill versus mental? Yeah, we've had people that were high skill and low will. And they were they were really good at the cold call. They were really good at the emails, but they didn't consistently do it. And that comes down to will. So how I really see it at the end of the day is it's more of that mental than the skills. You can teach anybody skills. You can't teach innate fire, innate motivation. That's to come from you through maybe something you've seen, something that motivates you, whatever that is. And so that's what we realized. We can't give people the fire. We can show them the fire, but I can't give it to you. And so I've seen that the mental, if you have that and you have the aptitude, if you have more so a chip on your shoulder 
that's where you're going to see the success. And, you know, let's point to a couple people, right? You think about the Michael Jordans of the world. You think about the Tiger Woods of the world. You think about the M&Ms of the world. The reason that they were so successful is, yes, they had the skill, but they had that mental edge that they had to just crush everybody is what made them so great. There are people who probably had the same skills with them at some point, but what took them to the next level was that mental, right? So RIP, you know, mama mentality, that's what you have to have there to see that success. So last thing as it pertains to, to this section, you, you have a lot of mental toughness qualities, whether you see them in yourself or not. I'm sure you, you know that they're there because you've gone through the process of trying to understand your, your strengths and weaknesses. But what do you think is attributed to that? It, it appears that you have the ability to really move from one thing to another thing without there being little, little friction. And you seem to have a propensity to action over anything else. Is that a natural thing? Do you think you were born that way? Or is there a specific event that occurred in your life that made that all cognizant to you? Great question. I feel like there's a seed that's there that has helped me grow this, but I don't think it was as natural as it is for me right now. I definitely let events in the past affect me emotionally with relationships, with certain things that happened. You know, when I got cut from like basketball teams, like I emotionally felt that. And sometimes it would weigh on me so much because I'm a, I'm an empath. So I feel emotions on a greater level. And so because of that, like sometimes I get weighed down, but I always had a seed because some things just didn't bother me. So how I was able to elevate that. And now there's not a lot of stuff that really bothers me now is I always looked at people's first videos or autobiographies to see what they went through. People were way more successful than I am. And I saw the stuff that they went through and how they overcame that stuff. And so when I read those autobiographies, when I looked at those first videos to so where they're at now and the, all of the feedback that they got with, that was not great feedback, how they got made fun of, I was like, why am I letting this event take hold of me? When people have faced way more difficult situations than I have, and this situation is not uniquely to me, people have gone through this before. So I'm able to take things in and what I always tell people is that, yes, sit in the moment, but don't let it drown you. So I don't let moments drown me. I sit in it for maybe a day and I'm like, man, that sucked. And then I'm like, okay, let's pick it up. Let's move on. Let's learn from that. And let's keep going. Because if you let the moment drown you, you won't see success. But if you can just take it in and be like, okay, that's where I messed up. You can use that as a lesson to act on moving forward. That's, that's great stuff. I'm so glad we had you on here today. This was, this was wonderful. Um, all right. Power play. So I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw a question out at you and then just tell me the first thing that comes to your mind and then we'll wrap up and, um, ask anything that we haven't asked and we'll, we'll go from there. So yeah. Morgan, are you ready for the power play? I'm ready. Let's, let's all right, it. let's do it. How do you define success? I define success as what you are looking to fulfill in life. What is fulfillment? So that could mean you have a really nice car. Maybe that's success. Maybe it's, hey, I got two kids in my family and they're all healthy. That's success. Maybe it's, I want a million dollars. That's success. Success is different for everyone, but that's seeking your fulfillment. And once you get that, that's what you see as success. What's your biggest regret? You know, this is a, this is a question I reflect on a lot. I don't have regrets. And the reason I don't have regrets and I don't like to think about it is because every decision that I made, if I think about it, like maybe that was a bad decision. However, that decision that was bad taught me a certain lesson that allowed me to have a great impact or success 
moving forward. And so I don't really think about what was my biggest regret. I just think about like that was probably maybe a bad decision at the time, but it helped me learn this lesson that now allows me to interact with people in a certain way and then now able to flourish relationships moving forward. Awesome. All right. Born mentally tough or made mentally tough? Made mentally tough. And a perfect example of that is Goggins. David Goggins, if you guys oh, check yeah, him yeah. out, he's hard. He's so hardcore, hardcore. man. Hardcore. That's that's made mentally tough. He was not born that way. So no, that's why I said that. Dude, that dude is a special breed for for sure. Last question. Sales hard or easy? Hard. Because it's such a it's such a mental game. It's one of the hardest professions that is out there. However, if it's done right. It's one of the greatest professions out there that, you know, we believe here at JB Sales is what we talk about. But it's definitely a hard profession because, like, you're facing so much rejection every single day and you got to be able to handle that. It's hard to listen to Morgan and not feel fired up, right? I want to dive into a few things Morgan shared. But first, I want to welcome our producer of the show and director of marketing at Monster Connect, Kyle Hawk. Hey, Brad. Thanks for having me on. Hey, great. Well, hey, Kyle, I wanted to have you on this afternoon. I thought you'd, uh, you know, sitting side saddle on the podcast, I thought you'd have some nice insight. So I wanted to bring on and talk about it. Yeah, definitely. I think sitting in on these conversations has been uh, really fascinating to me. I feel like, you know, things we're talking about on the show, like mental toughness and overcoming adversity, those are things that, um, you know, certainly I feel strongly about, but it's areas that I know I can improve a lot as well. So I think uh, being able to kind of listen to the different perspectives that are being shared here um, has really been great for me. And I'm excited to kind of talk it out with you just on, you know, what we've heard. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about some of the stuff that hopped out in Morgan's interview. Um, I know the first thing that I was really blown away by, even prior to getting on the interview, was how intentional he was about understanding his strengths and weaknesses. He seemed to really be tuned in to what he was good at and what he was bad at. And I laughed when he said, um, man, that was really uh, the exercise of asking your friends and family what you're good and bad at was really hard. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, I I think all of us kind of know that that is uh, one quick way to approach having a better understanding of, you know, some of our our personal areas that need improvement. But it's not easy. It's not easy to ask those questions because, you know, getting that feedback, um, you know, the truth can hurt, right? But uh, Morgan's approach to it has been like, just so level-headed and logical and focused, even though he admitted that it was hard for him as well. But I was thinking about how he'd mentioned how he kind of self-quarantined himself uh, during this time to, you know, really kind of to work through these things. And, you know, you think of all the time that each of us has had recently to sort of be locked in. I mean, I, I definitely can't say that I've been using my time as uh, maybe intentionally as he did there, but Gosh, when you think about it, I mean, what what better time to really do in a self uh, a self evaluation? Yeah, I think this time will definitely put a lot of people in front of the mirror to sort of figure out what they're good good at, with and not good with, and then also, um, you know, as all these people are getting laid off, I think they're coming kind of coming sober in terms of where their strengths and weaknesses lie. So I think he was right on with the the self quarantine. Um, I know his one of his big strengths, I think it came out, I mentioned it, was his natural enthusiasm. How do you think that's impacted his success? I mean, it, it does appear that that's helped him really move from one thing to another thing. I mean, he he failed at the, or he said as he failed um, at the gaming thing, but he seemed to be able to really move into another, um, 
line of work with with little no, to no impact. Well, I think that he made a really great point when you were talking with him about it. He's not going to be enthusiastic about something that he's not enthusiastic about, right? Like he he intentionally goes after things and opportunities that he knows uh, he's passionate about. And that kind of lets his enthusiasm shine. And I think it, it's um, you can see it throughout. I mean, everything that he's done, I mean, being a public speaker and a motivator, if you listen or watch the SDR Chronicles, I mean, that that's a place where his enthusiasm really comes through. And I think a really powerful way in terms of communication. But what was most interesting to me is thinking about like, he obviously has this, you know, natural enthusiasm as a, as a part of his personality, but being able to harness that in such a way that makes him successful in the right ways at the right things was really fascinating. And it all kind of started with that hinge moment that you guys talked about that started the conversation on, on the airplane. I mean, I think without that moment and that conversation, um, I mean, clearly that had an impact on thinking about how he could channel those natural gifts that he had in a way uh, that was going to be successful. Yeah. I think, I think it always helps when somebody else highlights that. And uh, obviously we don't know the nature of, you know, their conversation, but the guy was able to pick up pretty quickly um, either innately or externally that Morgan was a gift, you know, had some communication skills. And so I think it's always good when you hear from somebody else that you're good at something and being able to step into that. Yeah. And it kind of goes back to that first thing we were talking about, like certainly the people closest to you know your strengths and weaknesses and can communicate that to you. But how often do you have an encounter with somebody that maybe doesn't know you quite that well, but they're still able to kind of intuitively see something in you? Um, And I know that's happened to me before where I've kind of brushed it off of like, oh, you know, that person's just being nice or trying to say a nice thing with not like really kind of focusing in on like, gosh, maybe I should think about that more. How can I take that thing and put that into practice in a different or or better way in my own life? I think a lot of times those moments happen and we kind of let them pass by without really um, listening to to what's being said and thinking about how we can apply that in, in our lives. Yeah, I think especially if it keeps coming up. I mean, if you, it can be considered flattery maybe the first time, but if you keep kind of hearing that same message, then you you definitely got to, got to tune in on it. All right. Well, Kyle, thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. It was fun. All right. Well, good deal. That's all for today's episode. Remember, if you'd like some further reading on how to grow in mental toughness and become a better salesperson, you can download our mental toughness playbook or get it for free by going to monsterconnect.com slash podcast. And remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast app and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Until next time, don't let what you cannot do interfere with what you can't.